So welcome to Between the Lines. Uh, I'm, I'm Timothy Matthews. Uh, I uh, run Between the Lines, which is a forum dedicated to the pleasures and challenges of translation. And I'm delighted today to welcome Maureen Freely, uh, the acclaimed and renowned uh, novelist, translator, and journalist. I'm so pleased to have you here today, Maureen. We've had a nice chat as well as we're walking over here. Um, and I just thought uh, maybe you'd like to tell our listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, your, your rather varied uh, cultural life, uh, spending a lot of time thinking about Turkey, translating Turkish texts, and uh, living in England. I do more things than I can count at the moment. Um, to explain why I do them, I'd have to go into a very long, probably very boring uh, life history. But um, I still write my own novels. They come out every six years or so, and by the time they come out, everybody's forgotten that I write novels, and that's fine by me, because I want to write a different kind of novel every time. And I uh, have translated a lot of books by Orhan Pamuk, and um, we no longer work together, but we are friends. Um, and we are friends, I suppose I should, I should, I should say. <laughs> I think there's a connection between the two. I've just finished a co-translation of a classic text, a 20th century classic, uh, called The Time Regulation Institute by Ali Hamdi, Ahmed Hamdi Tampanar. And I'm working on another co-translation of a mid-20th century short story writer, also a wonderful writer. So that's part of um, a project to bring more of the um, canon into mm. English, because there's so many wonderful writers um, mm. we haven't met yet, because there's been so little translation mm. from Turkish into English. I'm also uh, very interested in the um, history question, you might even call them the history wars in Turkey, um, what happens at the end of the Ottoman Empire the beginning of the Republic, when uh, history is uh, a new history is invented for the Turkish peoples, mm. it's uh, you a talk fiction. you talk about that in very eloquent ways. I must say, in your introduction to your translation of Fethiye Setin's My Grandmother, which is a short memoir. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, the uh, one of the interesting things about uh, living in Turkey, and I, I grew up in Turkey, where my father uh, taught at um, what was then an American university, since been nationalized is uh, that uh, you know, the nationalist uh, myth is still very much uh, enforced, and so people don't uh, tell you really very much about their lives. They're, they're, all, uh, they're all Turks, they're all pure Turks, or whatever, mm -hmm. unless they belong to one of the minorities, in which case they don't talk very much at all. And as you get to know people better, they'll say, well, it's not quite what I told you. Oh, there's mm -hmm. this other story. So that's the sort of uh, romance that I grew up with, knowing that whoever I met had a much more interesting uh, family past than uh, they were going to tell me, and that if I gained their trust, I would, I would find something else out. Now, the, um, the history movement, or the history whatever, uh, the, the idea amongst scholars, um, particularly historians, journalists, uh, novelists, is to um, question, challenge uh, that official history and um, uh, encourage Turkish society to understand itself as it is. Mm. And uh, so the people who have been leading that uh, movement have got into quite terrible trouble. Um, the, the best of the, the lot was assassinated 
outside the office of his newspaper. Um, mm. And many others have been uh, prosecuted and intimidated and so on, but they carry on. So mm. I'm very interested in, in translating um, the more interesting books uh, that they, they put together about oral history. As time goes on, I have found out that a number of them are very, very directly descended from some of the architects of the very bad things. Mm. Uh, and they don't really talk about that very much. A so number of the people you're translating will come across or Yes, so, so, so that some of the people who are the, you know, the, uh, you know, the bravest and the most honorable um, mm -hmm. have um, stories in their own, in, in their own families um, that they don't exactly hide, but they don't talk about in the way that they encourage mm -hmm. everybody else to talk about. Mm -hmm. But we can only hope that mm -hmm. uh, the, the opening up will, will, will continue. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a very interesting project. So when I'm doing that sort of translation, um, the point of it is, very, very different. Um, the, uh, the the sequel to uh, my grandmother, which is the grandchildren, which I'm translating right now, by Fatih Yisitin, by, by Fatih yeah. Yisitin, yeah. uh, and um, a, a colleague, uh, an academic called Aishiru Altanai. Uh, it's a group of feminists who work collaboratively. Various other uh, friends collaborate on that. It's a very, very small publisher in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be bringing it out, but um, I think it's important for it to be there in the library, or whatever replaces libraries. So, so these are life stories, aren't they? Yes, yes, yeah. and they're, uh, but I think in the, the, uh, the, the sequel, The Grandchildren, um, the uh, grandchildren are trying um, to make sense of these hidden stories in their families, and quite a few of these grandchildren are themselves uh, um, identified as Kurdish, or identify themselves as Kurdish, yeah. uh, because quite a few um, women were kidnapped mm. by the Kurds, who did a lot of the killing during the genocide. Um, uh, this is kind of openly acknowledged now. Uh, and so they discover, these grandchildren, uh, often in midlife, that their grandmother or great-grandmother was one of these women who was abducted to become a second wife and so on. They themselves have been in and out of prison because they worked for the Kurdish cause. And so they know that the Kurds were involved in the, in the killing. And what sense do you make of yourself and your legacy? if you're descended from all the, you know, the players in this horrible tragedy. Mm. So that's what the sort of thing that... Yeah. And what's it, and, and what's, uh, tell us a little bit what it's like working as a co-translator on projects like that, as opposed to translating with you on your own. Uh, I've always wanted a certain amount of collaboration uh, when I worked in uh, translation, uh, bringing uh, Turkish into English. And I think the beginning uh, was... Uh, you know, simply lack of confidence mm. because uh, Orhan uh, is an old friend and he was in a tight spot and he needed a translator quickly. And so he just said, well, why not uh, you, you translate uh, Snow? And I said, I, well, I'm not a professional translator. And he said, well, I, you know, I need somebody fast. And, uh, and then I saw some of the other... Um, uh, uh, sample pieces. And when I saw the sample pieces, I realized what I could do, and it was all about the, um, you know, the, the, the literary English, hmm. if you like. So I um, suggested that we work together, and so I would do the whole translation, and then he would go over them. Uh, that led uh, to the best uh, uh, 
uh, working discussions of my uh, life, you know, because it was, I learned an awful lot through our discussions, but they were very stormy, and um, you know, by the end of our uh, five book uh, span, rather hurricane-y. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, but the initial idea I got from um, just looking at poets at the university where I work in Warwick, who collab often collaborate, collaborate across languages that they don't both sh they, mm. they, they don't share, and I, th I think poets are very very enlightened and imaginative in the way that they approach translation. So that was the, the idea that there should be a conversation um, that uh, deepens um, everyone's understanding of the mm. book. So um, you know, after I limped out of the hurricane, I I really thought for a while that I wasn't going to do this kind of work maybe ever again. That I had a plenty of my own ideas I wanted to work on my own fiction, but it just so happened that then I was on the the, the, the committee for the Translators Association, and I was surrounded by all these uh, wonderfully imaginative, resourceful, jazz musician type translators who were trying new things out, and so a number of them were doing co-translations. Co so there was a certain point when most publishers here knew the name of one translator from the Turkish, and it was me. And so every uh, project came my way, and mm. I um, wasn't interested in most of them anyway. Um, but uh, when uh, I was proposed uh, this wonderful book by Tom Pernard, you know, which is, it's so wonderful. It's, it is about, it's, it's the uh, best um, satire I know on westernization. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Uh, published in 1961, I think. So, I what's the title of it? What the, the Time Regulation Institute, mm -hmm. and it will be brought out by Penguin Classics in, um, we hope, uh, in December 2013. Well you know why? <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, I didn't want to let that one go, and I knew mm. I didn't have the time to uh, do it in the time span. One of the interesting things about Tom Pinar is that he refused to uh, modernize his Turkish in the way that was being uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 enforced, really, at, at, at the time. And so there are lots of words in, mm -hmm. in his texts that aren't in common usage anymore. And that was a, an extra layer of difficulty. Was that, was that even after the Ataturk revolution of language? Language, yeah. uh, well, the, the, the language revolution in uh, Ataturk's language revolution still goes on. Uh -huh. okay, so, um, yeah. but it went on in a very, very powerful way uh, for for two generations, right. to the extent that even historians have difficulty reading uh, a newspaper from the nineteen thirties. I mean, that's how much it's uh, it's changed. Because you do mention yeah. that somewhere in your writings, it struck me there must be a, 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 yeah. a strong. Uh, you, you, I guess you need to feed your way into that as a translator to work out words that are that are not only not in common use, but have been excised from use by a change in the language. Well, it's, there, there are several areas of difficulty, and that's uh, certainly uh, one of them. Um, but if you can imagine um, if um, our leader, uh, mentioned no names, <laughs> removed all, works, uh, all words of Latin or Greek origin yeah. from our language, what would you be left to work with? So that's one of the problems. It's, it's, I think it's a more of a problem for um, uh, Turkish writers today, uh, because um, the um, words themselves have been so politicized uh, mm. that they're making a statement mm. through their very use of, uh, of certain words. Things have opened up a little bit. Uh, young writers aren't so particular mm. um, 
about uh, whether they're trying to draw uh, from, from old vocabularies and bring some of the old words back. If you feel a word is being used politically or has a political echo in its in its usage, absolutely. But if but but you feel if you're feeling that particularly strongly, I mean, how, how, how do you do that in English? Well, I don't. I mean, the, I'm not sure there's not I one way. No, I mean, the thing know. is, the, the uh, I think the 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 interesting writers solved a problem in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Panari used the yeah. Turkish that he knew. Uh, right. He also, um, like uh, many writer writers in in modern Turkish. Uh, made the most of the area that had not been interfered with, which is the um, very elegant uh, but uh, very very different grammar. Uh, so you can have a uh, you can put clauses together in all sorts of ways that are impossible in English because um, uh, the position of the word in a sentence is not the most important thing. It's like Latin mm -hmm. to move around. So uh, he writes very very complex uh, sentences, and there uh, the art is in there. Therefore, uh, uh, Turkish writers who also translate always want to privilege the grammar. But the grammar can't be uh, carried over into English Quite. easily or gracefully because it's an agglutinative language. So that really you're not traveling, you're, you're carrying over grammar that's been half changed, everything half changed. So it's almost like uh, every sentence becomes uh, its own uh, scorpion tail kind of going mm. back. I understand, yeah. but uh, but in, in English, as you say, you have to find different ways, I suppose, of of being uh, comparably uh, scorpion-like. Well, I don't want to. I mean, the the, the Turkish sentence will flow, mm. um, flow forward, um, and the translated sentence, if you if you start getting obsessive about grammar, it will it will turn back on itself, so it won't flow mm. anymore. Right. Um, uh, so uh, you have to kind of go deeper. I think. Yeah. So. Another of the projects that I'm um, working on now, I have a mentee, terrible word, terrible word, <laughs> uh, but um, our translating network, networks have uh, you know, run mentorship programs, mm. and so there was a competition, um, 260 people mm -hmm. applied, and um, but the person who won is now my mentee. Mm. And the wonderful thing about mentees is they do everything we say. Within reason. But actually, that's not uh, that's not true. I, uh, my mentee, um, I you know, I have asked him to talk back, and he does. He's, he's delightful. But we um, were asked by various editors uh, here in London to investigate various write reports on various new Turkish writers, mm -hmm. writers who haven't been translated into English as part of the London Book Fair, at which Turkey was the market focus this year, another terrible term. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I was very, very busy. Uh, I was recently briefed, so I mm -hmm. asked uh, uh, John, the wonderful John, to um, do a lot of this work, and mm -hmm. a lot of the other people who'd been on the shortlist of mm -hmm. uh, the competition helped as well. So we got here enthusiastic group of people who are mm. reading Turkish, you know, contemporary Turkish mm. fiction. And, um, and so we found this, you know, helped an editor find the, the, the wonderful writer uh, that mm. he was looking for. And that was interesting, again, because um, I think much more than, um, uh, in a much deeper way than if I'd just been translating alone, as we were working on the sample translation that ended up, mm. that resulted in a sale, we were looking at what we needed to do with this particular writer, and it was all about you know, 
choreography, actually, <laughs> with this particular author. Uh, everything uh, uh, was timed, but it was also um, the, the sorts of motions that were being described. So you're, you were seeing it as well as hearing it. And, and so that, was, you know, that had to be the first consideration, or mm. else it didn't come to life. So, so it, it, issues of rhythm, too. It is, but it's also he's describing uh, things uh, that are not dances, but he's describing them as dances. Mm -hmm. So, so, so he is actually building up images as well. So mm -hmm. you have to make sure that the image um, is created in, uh, in in the in the same very you know deft way mm -hmm. that it is in Turkish, mm -hmm. um, and um, the meaning has to be that you know mm -hmm. when you get to the end of it, the meaning has to be the same. Yeah. But, but but that's not you know, if you just go for the meaning you'll. You won't find the right words. Yeah. So. Passage to the meaning, the process of making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's pro approaching um, uh, the the text from the um, from below almost. Mm -hmm. um, what I say to my writing students, you know, not translation students, but uh, creative writing students, another horrible term, <laughs> is that you know, if you're looking at somebody else's text, uh, it's like being on this beautiful beach. Well, mm -hmm. it's a good text. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at the sun on the water, mm -hmm. and, and, so and you see the waves go across it. Mm -hmm. But if you're, uh, you know, when you're writing something, you're creating mm -hmm. something out of nothing, and really are, you know, you're way below the surface, and you have to get up to the, mm -hmm. you know, the surface. Mm -hmm. and so I think the same, it's the same sort of mm -hmm. thing uh, with uh, with translation. Mm -hmm. uh, that it's a, a lot of it's attentive. You know, it's, it's very, very, very. Um, uh, deep listening, uh, mm -hmm. that can be a term, I don't know. Um, yes, I think I understand. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned snow the, uh, the, a moment ago. I was saying to you before that uh, uh, in a course in comparative literature, MA, this year I've been looking with students. The course is called To Be Absolutely Modern, and we have been looking at, uh, at snow um, in, in some depth and uh, you know, got a lot out of it, I think, in obviously your translation. And uh, it strikes me that the book itself is so much, it's got so many translation light motifs in it, in any case. It's also set in Kars, Kars, isn't it? It's the north, northeastern parts of Turkey, so it's not only the Kurds involved, but also the Armenians. And, and the, the Azeri. And the, and the Azeri, exactly. The, you know, yes, so the, and, so and all those old leftists. The leftists and the Islamists, so cultural yeah. translations and tensions, as well as political and ideological ones, obviously they're never separated anyway. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, when I first read the book in, in Turkish, I um, was you know more than struck by it. I was struck down by it. Yes, like, um, I understand. And uh, I felt that it, it took everything that had gone wrong in. Uh, the Republic of Turkey from its inception um, and somehow had all those forces play themselves out over a three-day blizzard mm. uh, when the city is cut off and that is um, that was very much confirmed when I was translating it mm. now I felt you know while translating it I what I saw most clearly was uh, the the structure, the oh, he made visible uh, the structure of violence mm. um, or threatened violence and erased violence that uh, made the republic what it was and and is, and of course any republic. Mm. 
of any country, really. Uh, it takes an awful lot to, um, to isolate and distill so we can start seeing how it all fits together. One of the uh, you know, wonderful or terrifying things about that book is that you have the three security forces uh, left to their own devices to fight it out, mm -hmm. uh, to clean up the, quote unquote, clean up the city uh, while nobody's looking. And you clean it up from what is not even clear, yeah. Well, descent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> descent. And, yeah. uh, and also, it's, an, you know, it's, a, it's very much an end game because there's mm -hmm. nothing left in cars. No. And um, the, you know, the only people, um, it's a curse on all the houses mm -hmm. uh, involved. Mm -hmm. And you know, the only people that you're left uh, feeling for are the little people who have had to um, put up with this mm -hmm. since time immemorial and will carry on putting up mm -hmm. with it. So you, it just so happened that I was translating it when uh, this country, in this country and in the US, that they were having this horribly bogus debate about whether you could you know, can't really bring democracy mm -hmm. <laughs> or take democracy uh, to Iraq. And I felt like uh, taking the book out and saying, oh, read this book. Mm -hmm. You know, this book was written, the book was written before 9-11, uh, mm -hmm. by the way. It came out in, uh, in in this country and in the U.S. Uh, way after 9-11, and I think that's one but of the reasons why it was spread. Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. written in 2005, No, it was written in Turkish before. Oh, right. Before, um, mm. uh, so it was written in a very different time, but I think mm. he, um, uh, he, 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 he's often um, uh, prescient because he gets the, mm. uh, he gets the structures right. Mm. I, re I very much wanted people to read this mm. in 2003, mm. yeah, and uh, of course I couldn't because I hadn't finished, mm. and the sentences were very, very long mm. and very, very complicated. So, um, but I just felt that it was resonant in all sorts of ways that it hadn't been when I first read it, mm. um, when you know, we, we hadn't uh, turned into that uh, particular uh, chapter of, of yeah. the political yeah. nightmare. I mean, the other thing about, I mean, the way in which um, uh, tech, you know, uh, your technical questions and the subject of the, yes. of the book uh, are, are, are one and the same, mm. it was a uh, it was very difficult to figure out how to translate um, uh, the book because I felt that it worked, you know, as uh, you know, uh, my own novels work if they're working. Um, if the narrative trance, uh, uh, you know, is 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 happening from the first sentence. Okay? So if you, you if you the narrative trance, yeah. yeah. So if, yeah. if you um, uh, and I heard it, it was a sort of a Dostoevsky whispering kind of voice. That, that, that I heard in the Turkish, and and so it takes you in through the blizzard and you know, into this uh, this city that's cut off from everywhere and it's so miserable, but somehow very communal at, at the same time. And you you forget about the, the real world for a while and you live in a, in, a, in, a, in this other uh, place, and it's all you know it, it, in in a novel. It all happens through language. It does, and um, so. It's appreciating what the novel is doing, or what the novelist is doing, um, and and trying to go to the very very emotional, you know, the very very center of the um, you know the, the, the emotional time bomb almost, and and, and sitting there and you know, and, and imagining, um, you know, conjuring up the words from that uh, place. So it's so feeling all of the emotions 
yeah. at, at, at the core of the book, which is what I would do if I were writing my own novel. Yeah. Really unbearable place to uh, spend a lot of time, but that's where I would go. I mean, sticking the snow for a second, I mean, it, it, I think that chance you mentioned for the readers is created from the start in, 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 in your English version yeah. of it, because... Um, the sentences are long, but 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 they're it, that's part uh, of it. But, that's part of it. But but yeah. it, 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 incredibly absorbing, and uh, um, you know it's a little journey in each sentence, isn't it? And there's obviously a journey. I mean, sorry, often a little journey into into extreme loneliness. Uh, uh, you know, the the, the, the car, the, the, the you know, who's coming back to car, so, you know, trying to rediscover poetry, trying to rediscover yeah. love, yeah. Uh, trying to rediscover his yeah. sense of. of, of yeah. Turkishness, I suppose, yeah, yeah. always living yeah. in Germany, yes. in uh, in Frankfurt, isn't it? And uh, and so so a, a general sense of, of of loss of identity coming through every through every mm -hmm. through every sentence. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that struck me about it, you know, as you talk about the, the various uh, tensions between the various ideologies that are plague on all your houses, as it were, um, is the central mo central motif, I suppose, in in, in the book of of, of theatre. Of, of play, yes, of yes. political coups being yes. staged, yes. literally staged yes. for audiences, and yes. sometimes even happening in a theatre in a kind yes. of yes. gloriously literal way. Yes, yes, um, yes. yes. Uh, also, while I was translating it, um, I can't remember if this, when exactly this happened, uh, but there was the um, the Chechen takeover of the theatre in Moscow. Do you remember? No, uh, the I don't. Chechen terrorists. Yeah took over. Okay. Because so, I remember I got yeah. to the part when there is the, you know, the play in the National Theatre, of course they, yeah. you know, they, uh, the, um, the coup happens on stage and people think that the soldiers are actors for yes. a while and it's all very, um, uh, it, it, it's very, very well done in, in, in the book. Yeah. But when I was translating, cause, because translation is very, very slow and you notice um, uh, a lot of the, you know, as you're translating you notice a lot of the Kind of repetitions and you know gaps yeah. that, that you just don't you'll notice mm. yourself even mm. when you re, you know reread the mm. translation the next day. Mm. And I was thinking, is this a bit too staged? Is this a bit too convenient? Does this fit into a uh, you know a, yeah. a master plan a little bit too neatly? And then I turned on the television, and it was <laughs> I think a documentary on on this case, yeah. and you know or or it had just happened. I couldn't remember. I think. Mm. And and there it was the, mm. uh, on uh, one of the moments when um, I um, I was very felt very frightened of my friend mm. because he'd gone in that Dostoevsky way he'd, he'd gone um, to the center of his ambivalence the center of his worst fears mm. and he'd imagined how things happen um, because he understood power mm. uh, and uh, in this case the the fact uh, the theatricality of power mm. and. In the deepest way, and the stories came out of uh, came out of that place. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also in uh, the Black Book, because I mm -hmm. retranslated the Black Book, and that's uh, one of my favorite books ever. Um, it's a um, it's a very emotionally difficult uh, book to translate because there's almost no dialogue. So you usually, if you're translating you know, mm -hmm. three thousand words, four thousand words, you get to the dialogue part and you can relax. <laughs> pages go faster, but this is a very, very, very dense book. Yeah. And um, at the center of that, you have uh, the hero who's looking for his wife, whom he suspects of having run off with his cousin, who's uh, kind of rogue 
columnist who's in hiding. And in the middle of the book, he finds the secret penthouse where uh, uh, his cousin has been writing his columns and where his archives are. Um, the cousin isn't there, there's there's somewhere else. But, but he goes there and starts writing um, his cousin's columns, convinces himself mm -hmm. that he can carry this on because the cousin having gone missing, missing isn't keeping up with his columns. And um, when I was translating, um, you know, that part in which he sits down and he knows, uh, you know, his cousin and is writing backwards and forwards so that he can replicate it. Mm -hmm. The black book is all about replication. And so on. But of course, the soul has gone out of it, and so I, I started feeling really, really guilty. I was like, "Let me out," because you sometimes, if you're going to um, break from the emotionally. Um, uh, you know, reimagining as opposed to replicating um, the um, the most intense part of the you know, the, the emotional center, mm. and you're and you're caught in there. Uh, you you know that you haven't re uh, written the book, but mm. it's you're acting as if you you have, and you wish you had, and you wish you could write your own. There's all those com complicated mm. feelings that um, the hero in this book has, mm. and uh, yeah. So um, at that point, I thought, okay. You know, my, you know, you know, my friend knows I'm a traitor at heart. <laughs> <laughs> just by translating. <laughs> just well, but by, by you know, if you're translating with your, you know, body and soul, yeah. um, you'll end up in a place which uh, is well c close to madness. Um, but also, if you are translating somebody who does push himself. To the edge of madness in order to um, do what he sets out to do. It's you know it, it, it's it's doubly intense. Yeah, um, there wouldn't be much left to me uh, at the end of those days, as some my family would tell you. Because there's so many stories of of, of doubles and ident you know yes. people trying yes. to find themselves in in, in, in yes. their twins yeah. or their double or manufacturing yeah. a double. Yes. Or, Translator so, can be a double, uh, you know, or as if. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes I think well, one of the, uh, you know, I know I'm a difficult person and novelists are difficult anyway, but the, one of our, you know, our, our saving grace may be that sometimes we can imagine things from the other person's point of view for mm -hmm. a little while anyway. And, and sometimes I think about Orhan, who, who is a world writer, but everything he does is, is mediated by almost by translators, you know, outside his own language, and so most of his readers are outside his own language. And uh, this is someone who always wanted total control of his work. So there's a, yeah. there's a magnificent moment, I think, in in Snow when because the, there's somebody called Orhan Pamuk fig, figures in, yeah. in that novel, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? And uh, he's thinking about uh, the central his his central character Carl, the central character K, mm -hmm. Carl, and. Um, there comes a moment uh, where, where he, where the, the all hand Pamok says he's over, overcome. Uh, it is, it is more, it's overcome by sadness uh, at the inability to see the world from another's point of view, um, i.e., his own car, and, and the poetry of car, and so much of the novel is about car. We try to rediscover poetry, his his poetry, which of course we don't read because it's lost. So we hear about it in that, so to speak, the translated fiction 
of, of Orhan Pamuk, which yeah. at this moment, it, not exactly in his vo- own voice, but waving at himself, he's saying, I'm never going to understand this. Yeah. I'm never going to understand the poetry of somebody's, uh, somebody's suffering. And I just think it's an incredibly powerful moment where, where all, yeah. these, uh, all these uh, attempts to, to, to voice, attempts to translate voice, attempts to yeah. uh, put, put voices with each other uh, simply collapse. But there's also the um, um, there's the relationship between you know Orhan the author and and mm. and, and Ka, uh, and I think about that a lot as well because when he wrote it, he was still living full time in in Turkey, and uh, exile does carry connotations in a nationalist country like mm. Turkey. It does carry connotations of. Uh, treachery, you know, you have abandoned your country mm-hmm. and so on. And it's also um, if you uh, act for yourself as an individual in the way that you know, we here are encouraged to do, it's just the only sensible thing to do, even now in, 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 in Turkish uh, uh, culture, um, mm-hmm. uh, literary culture, that's still considered uh, letting the, the side down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, you know, Ka is the person who just who's lost uh, his voice because mm. he left his country and mm. he just sat by himself and did nothing for anybody mm. and so on and so forth. So uh, around the time that we were working on the book together, you know, Orhan would talk about that um, uh, a lot and uh, you know, about the consequences of turning your back on your country mm. and so on and so forth. Mm. Also in, in um, Snow is... Um, there are detailed sections about what happens to you if you are um, an engaged author, an engaged mm. uh, journalist or mm. writer, mm. and uh, the various ways in which uh, what used to be called the deep state um, mm. settles scores and so on and so mm. forth. And the um, that's from the military. But he's very good at the, you know, showing uh, where the danger lies. It can come mm. from the Islamists. It can come from... Mm the old leftists, it can come from the army, it can come from the, the secret police, uh, uh, and so on and so forth, or the, uh, or the police. And um, going back to look at those sections, uh, he was writing his feature. Hmm. Uh, because once uh, he was caught in the middle of the uh, controversy um, about the Armenian genocide, uh, he became uh, a pawn in just that and just that game, and uh, yeah. So, so much of that novel, as you say, is about uh, uh, engaged theatre people, engaged novelists, engaged poets, engaged individuals yeah. uh, being caught up in the game that they're trying to expose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I can't add to that. That's really good. <laughs> no, so just, just, just comes from reading reading the book. I'm, I'm afraid. Um, I was, uh, uh, so, so much of what you've been having a look at, at your, one of your novels, which is Enlightenment, um, which I've been completely absorbed by, I have to say. And so much of what you're saying about the experience of translating these books is is, is revisited and reworked over and relived, I think, uh, in, in Enlightenment. Uh, not not least uh, the, the, the 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 practice you've developed of of uh, of you know putting together somebody writing in their diary with. Uh, your your own voice coming in and talking about the diaries and you know the voice you know, the voices are being 
mediated and translated to themselves and back to other, mm -hmm. and to others and given back to individuals in ways they may or may not recognize and this type of thing seems to be completely integrated in your practice in that novel. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to do, and perhaps did uh, too well, um, was I wanted to capture um, what it was like to live in a place uh, where, because of you know, curves on freedom of expression, if you will. Text based understand what we'll yeah, say, yeah. 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 Um, that, that there was no way of um, testing a story and knowing what actually mm -hmm. happened and even the most simple, um, you know, the, the most important events mm -hmm. in, in, in a life and mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, what happens in this sort of thing, what happens to friendship, what happens mm -hmm. to uh, uh, one's life. Well, one thing that happens is that um, uh, the best liar wins <laughs> and also the, the, the um, you know, lies uh, can be uh, given and then withheld and completely destabilized people come to accept them. So. Mm -hmm. So or this is my experience of uh, growing up in Turkey and of living in Turkey and mm -hmm. returning to Turkey mm -hmm. uh, now. I had um, been working on the book for about two years before I more or less uh, by accident took up translation. And uh, the Turkish and it was inspired by a political murder uh, that involved uh, classmates of uh, mine and also Orhan's, because we went to brother and sister schools in the uh, Mises, Mises uh, in, in the uh, in the late sixties, and my aim was not to find out what happened, but how such a thing might have happened. And, and um, uh, I had discovered by then that I, without knowing it, I'd sort of grown up in the middle of a thriller, mm. and I was interested in that. It's the backstage of a thriller that I was uh, um, looking at then because uh, it's not. I didn't know what the men were doing uh, when they were up to no good, the spies and so on. But I knew what they, what kind of bourbon they drank. Uh, I knew what their homes were like, and um, I knew what you know the hill on which we lived all were. Yeah. You know, left-wing uh, Bohemians who were teachers at the university uh, um, with all these foreign service. Mm. Types and lots of um, 1968 young students that all of those, you know, the older guys mm. are kind of jealous of. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, but I, I discovered that much, but I, I couldn't get anybody um, that the Turkish characters who you know knew about this uh, trunk murder yeah. um, to tell me anything. You know, they would just light a cigarette and look up into the. Uh, uh, the ceiling and uh, then say something evasive, which is, again, my experience. So I put the novel to one side uh, when Orhan, it was one of the good ideas, I thought, well, just put it to one side and, and I'll immerse myself in you know, some great Turkish books. Uh, and of course, what happens to my immersion in that, that I become myself involved in um, something an intrigue, a series of intrigues. It's not that different from mm. the one I was writing about. Mm. And uh, so by the time I went back to the book, I understood uh, certain things uh, much, much better because I had been on the other side of uh, the fence uh, mm. uh, for, for long enough. I understood mm. things uh, uh, differently. And um, so, but that was all accidental. I mean, I didn't, I just thought I would put it to one side and, mm. and, and, and see what happened. Um, right, so there's, a, there's amazing, uh, you know, tension or crossover or fertilization yeah, between those yeah. two things. Because, and also reading Enlightenment, it's, it, it's it, it, I think uh, 
any reader is overcome by the, the sort of plot, the thriller, the, 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 the intrigue, the, the, the labyrinthine ways in which uh, positions advertise or can, can suddenly change into something else yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, mask upon mask, camouflage upon camouflage, yeah. etc. And the other thing that strikes me about it also is the length of time that it covers. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, 19, yeah. About 1970 to about 2005, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, that's, as I was saying a while ago, um, the um, the reason why you know some people go to Turkey and then can't mm. stop going back yeah. is because underneath the very very simple story that you're told in the beginning is another story and underneath that is another yeah. one and yeah. um, uh, my experience uh, is that um, well I still don't know the, the the truth about a lot of things that I witnessed with my own eyes mm. um, but it takes the um, the narrator in the book 34 years mm. to find out mm. what might be the truth mm. about something that her um, friends were involved in. Uh, mm. As far as my own life is concerned, the people involved in you know, the events of the late 1960s, 1970s, mm. uh, I'm still involved uh, with because they're working on, they're part of this history movement. Mm. And even the last few months in London, I've had some very tense encounters, so my mm. own story mm. still goes on. And my, my position in that story is very, very um, uh, difficult because I'm uh, not an outsider and I'm not an insider. In a nationalist country, um, uh, a foreigner is always a foreigner, but you know, my father educated mm. a lot of these people. Mm. <laughs> so there are all these questions about mm. cultural imperialism. Uh, comes across very me. comes across very yeah, strongly yeah, in the book, yeah, you know the, yeah. the, the the fragility of the narrative position, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the the, yeah. the, uh, the the possibility even of speaking in narrative form is, is yeah. seems to be under threat all the time, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And just just reading the book and uh, so yeah. and the other thing I was going to mention also is is the is is the way that the the, the, the sort of generation effect the, because it's such a long time being you know. Sort of the build-up of, of uh, unanswered questions and uh, pain is is so strong, but it, but it's not just continuous; it's also interrupted uh, and therefore magnified by the fact that generations don't understand each other. You know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. young don't understand the old, and the old, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's obviously a classic situation, but but inflected and, and embedded in, in in a very powerful political one as well, a historical one. Uh, and um, the having started uh, this investigation, part of the investigation mm. again is in the language. Uh, mm. my, the, at least the way I use language uh, changed, not because I decided um, I got some ideas from translation, but you, you think in a different way if yeah. you're translating uh, in, um, in an intense way. Mm. Uh, so it's something I can only go back and mm. uh, kind of identify identify later. But I opened up, um, you know, if you go, this is something I learned from Orhan just by translating him, because he always goes to um, uh, the area of um, greatest ambivalence. Um, and there is something of a relief. If you do find that place and you write from that place, you feel like you're you know, whispering the truth about something that you've never been able to put into words before, and then you see where that takes you. Well, it always takes you to another area of um, uncertainty and ambivalence. Uh, so my question is, will I ever, you know, having spent my life leaving Turkey and then trying to stay away from it and then going back and so on and so forth, 
in my fiction, I may never write my way out of it <laughs> <laughs> because because there. I mean, they, the um, we've been talking about the uh, you know the buried histories of uh, uh, Turkey's many different diverse types of Turks, yeah. the Muslim Turks, also Armenians, Greeks, uh, uh, Jewish communities. Mm. Uh, all, but there's also the, you know, the shadowy hand, mm. uh, for the past 150 years, the shadowy hand of uh, my own country. Mm -hmm. uh, been very, very, you know, got in there at the end of the Ottoman Empire. Mm. Um, uh, lots of schools, lots of, um, you know, the, the, the various armies of mm. peace time. Uh, and um, there's a very fragmented understanding of what um, Western powers, uh, but particularly mm -hmm. uh, Americans, um, uh, have done in this country, partly because we don't have a narrative of imperialism in the US, and partly because the actors didn't actually, you talk about generations not uh, talking to each mm -hmm. other, mm -hmm. uh, you know, most Americans uh, who were part of these peacetime armies went over for three years, yes. four years, five years, and then left and somebody they never met mm -hmm. replaced them. So nobody has uh, a full view of actually what went on. I'm particularly um, troubled by the fact that the people who ran the school where I grew up and the lycée that I uh, uh, then went to, um, the brother lycée that Orhan went to, uh, they were uh, among the first to find out about the various uh, massacres and, and the genocide, you know, the, mm -hmm. the big genocide of, of 1915, they uh, were, were personally responsible for saving uh, and hiding you know, uh, many Armenian neighbors mm -hmm. and friends. Some of them got the news out and so on, but the people who stayed uh, were also had you know, nur uh, nurtured very, very good relationships with the three Pashas, who uh, were the architects, you know, the young Turks were the architects of the genocide. And they carried on being, um, uh, that role uh, continued into the, uh, in, into the Republic. So they were silently uh, colluding uh, with a lot of things um, that were, uh, that they shouldn't have mm -hmm. done. You know, um, and, and they very much ran counter to their, mm -hmm. uh, their ethos, uh, their stated ethos. And, uh, and that's my history. That's my history, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I'm part of it, mm. uh, but I don't know it any more than, um, than these other mm. uh, uh, friends I've been telling you about. Um, so at a certain point, the thing that you look at in other people comes back mm. to, to your, your own life. I, don't, I understand why they, you know, my you know, uh, ancestors, my sort of cultural ancestors, stay quiet in order to carry mm. on. With a, with a school. What I don't understand is what it did to them, mm -hmm. because they never spoke about that. But that's where fiction goes. Sometimes. Do you think fiction and translation in a parallel way have helped you, or if that's the right word, yeah. explore your history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, uh, well, translation, uh, you know, if fiction is to put yourself into somebody else's shoes, there's no other, you know, uh, lasting way of putting yourself into something else's shoes and then, and then trying to, um, you know, uh, bring a work into another language and take it to another audience. Yeah. Uh, um, that's uh, yeah. such a lovely way of putting it, that yeah. really is how the two come together then is to yeah. make that step into somebody else's shoes. Yeah, and then you understand things, um, you understand things uh, differently. And uh, with each new writer, you understand um, mm -hmm. uh, the whole, the, 
I did ghostwriting um, early on in my uh, life because I, I mean, most of the things I've done in life because uh, I've been broke and so these are why I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, again, through uh, ghostwriting, um, because I have an overworked imagination, I, I now believe, for example, that I personally took an Arab Dao from Kuramshar to Mombasa no, because I, you know, ghostwrote something uh, once upon a time, and even when I see those things on a map, I've never been to those places, but mm -hmm. I feel, yes, I've been there. <laughs> I know what it was like, uh, um, you know, to be um, uh, arrested by the uh, Iranian army. I know what it was like to have an ocean liner almost go into the middle of them. My dad, my dad. Uh, so it is. Um, if reading a book is. Uh, vicarious experience, whatever, uh, translating, it, you're just going so slowly that you're mm. thinking about it, you're having a conversation with the author, sometimes you're saying, I wish you could say that again, but of course you have to, you know, it's, it's a silent conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, after spending a, a day, for example, in the streets of Kars, which uh, is being described as, you know, miserable, you know, mm. uh, dirty, uh, full of people in horrible clothes and um, uh, every other person, a, a, a private detective in, those, mm. in, in, in weird shoes. <laughs> um, and so it's not described in an um, enticing way at all. But um, I, I would finish uh, translating and then look out my beautiful window at mm. the beautiful hills of Bath and I would, I would miss cars <laughs> because it, there was, a, uh, there was a, um, a tragic warmth to it. Um, and a, and a, a, a communal spirit that wasn't, you know, wasn't in my, my landscape at home. So, so in a sense, I've never been to Cars, but I have been to. Well, like your readers, I think your readers of the English or, or Hans readers of, of the book, you, we've, I think we have, we feel we've been there. There's a, we do feel we've been there. I think, and a terrible sense of coming to the end of the book as well, you know, and uh, actually the all hand pump, you know, the. the, the the character, the, the voice of Orhan Pamuk, and ends his novel by bursting into tears. Uh, you obviously remember it. It's, it's, uh, it's not, um, not dis, you know, it's like it's like coming to the end of the book, you know, because you're coming to the end of this uh, of this very complex journey, and uh, it's unresolved. I'm afraid, you know, and uh, voices have not been found, and voices are not being exchanged, and. We are at the end of the book, and also having to leave a place which we've been, you know, which I've been introduced to, and uh, but the, trying to I, work my way around its geography and its and its, you know, affective landscape and all this. Uh, I go back to that. We, we nothing's resolved, but you take it with you. I yeah. mean, because of the the um, the snowflake uh, mm. architecture of the book is so um, uh, fine and clean, and something that you can hold. Mm. You know, in your mind as uh, as a single image, yes. so it resonates. It's just always resonating for me. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, it's um, like, you know, it's like Kafka's *The Trial*. And it is. You read it. Uh, it's always with you, um, especially if you mm. work in a university. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. But, the car, if you say you know, car, is not. It sounds like you would say K in, in German, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. But you know, there's a, something um, that we decided. I, I sometimes regret this, but we. Um, uh, decided not to make uh, visible in the English translation. Um, couldn't figure out a way to do it gracefully. But you know, you have car and you have cars, but in the middle you have the Turkish title of, of snow, which is car. So you have car, car, car. 
Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you didn't know that because I didn't yeah. let you know that. <laughs> but I mean, that was something we conferred about, um, and we just decided we couldn't uh, that we couldn't pull it off. Something unbelievably moving about learning. I'm not quite sure what it is, but uh, yeah. But so yeah. there's um, uh, his books are full of lots of little clues yeah. that you can either uh, take or, or not take, and yeah. um, the the names yeah. you know often have. Mm. You know, extra meaning. So the in the black book in the Turkish, uh, if you take um, the the first letter of each chapter and you put them all together, it is the address of the penthouse um, that I was mentioning before, in which you know the the hero finds the mm-hmm. the rogue um, his cousin's penthouse where everything is hidden, um, which he has you know the rogue cousin in the book has. Um, has bought in secret uh, uh, as a kind of a uh, vindication because mm-hmm. it was in the family house, it's a penthouse in the family house that his um, mother, who'd been kind of unceremoniously divorced, was kicked out of. Mm-hmm. And so when he started making mm-hmm. enough money, he, he bought the penthouse in that in that house again, as, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get even really. And then he found all the old furniture. But the extra conceit is that it's um, Orhan's penthouse. That's where he lives now. I see. And he. He bought it, <laughs> and then he lived in it. And, you know, if you become the, the center of a political controversy, it's not, you know, it's not the smartest thing to do in your earlier life. <laughs> but everybody knows that in Turkey, so I'm not sharing any secrets. <laughs> Something incredibly uh, powerful about the idea of the hidden illusion, both both uh, uh, illusion that might might you. Uh, that is there to be picked up, but also there to be lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. a very powerful fictional weapon, I think, in trying to, to, to investigate and cope with issues of witness and, and memory yeah. and loss yeah. of memory and all yeah. that. Yeah, mm. yeah. In Snow, um, there's also, um, because you know, uh, uh, Kars was a very Armenian mm. city, and mm. he wrote uh, Snow before the, you know, the the questions really opened up, but there's various clues in there mm-hmm. that, again, were hard to translate mm-hmm. because um, they didn't, they wouldn't, you know, any Turkish reader would know what was being alluded to. Yeah. Um, for example, that there was a museum in Kars, I think, in, in, you know, presenting a story of the mm-hmm. uh, genocide in, in, in reverse, all the terrible things the Armenians did. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's referred to. And then the, uh, the, this, the, the cafe or the sweet shop, the pastry shop, yes. where they meet, has uh, a door from an old Armenian church. And so, uh, and see, so there's, yeah. there's all these reminders there. Yeah. So they're there for, I don't think that it's necessary to, um, to, in fact, if you saw, if you could read all of those signs the, the first time through, you probably wouldn't see mm. a lot of other things. So they're, go- they're, they're pleasures for, for when you go back. or. There's special little treats for you know other nerds like him, <laughs> I think. Uh, and so there, uh, I think we discussed at a certain point whether we could replicate this, you know, the first letter of each hmm. thing. And, and then I said, no, uh, you know, that's for the boys. That's for the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, the in Istanbul, which is another of my favorite books. Because mm. memoir, mm. because it's a very very different account of the city that I knew at the same age, mm. uh, ages that he's describing. You mean uh, this one? Memories in the city. Memories that in one. the city. Yeah. 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 Mm. 
uh, and uh, that is, I did uh, something you're not supposed to do, um, but partly because of the time, partly I was never ever given enough time to do mm. these things, because they had, mm. as he started doing well, they you know, just wanted things to come out, mm. out of them later, and then not very understanding about you know, things that you have to do if you're in university, like go to meetings and, and mark mm. the horrendous amount of things. You know. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I translated it, I read it as I translated it, mm -hmm. uh, and that was made it more exciting, because I, <laughs> I wanted, you know, to find out what happened next, and, oh, I remember that, I remember that, so I hope some of that excitement um, mm. comes through, and it was, you know, it's a series of chapters that mm. led up to something, so, mm. uh, I was so excited when it got to all the accidents on the Bosphorus, because I grew up on the Bosphorus, and I remember those ships running aground, and, mm. um, and, uh, and then what I was really looking forward to was the, the chapter on, on Robert College, which is you know, where I grew up and where, where he went. And, and which figures in Enlightenment, doesn't it? Is that the same? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so I got there, and there's actually a, a, a short, forlorn, rather reticent chapter mm -hmm. in which he more or less says that he wasn't, well, his, his brother, he used to be my, um, the guy I used to go out with, uh, he was kind of big man on campus, and he went on to Yale, and, you know, mm -hmm. he's a very distinguished economic historian now. So, it, but you know, so little Orhan, or, or um, quite tall, but you know, little um, feeling not the great man on campus. He uh, describes having uh, uh, the discovery on campus that Turkey is not one of the great world powers, and, mm. and it's all very depressing for him. And so he just spends a lot of time in the library, and he spends a lot of time skiving. And so I was expecting, you know, so many things from this chapter, and, and he got. <laughs> And I also felt that there were a number of evasions in there, um, about which more another time. But mm -hmm. when we were going through the translation, I, I got to that chapter and I looked, uh, I, I pointed out a gap between two paragraphs and I said, Orhan, my whole life, between those two <laughs> paragraphs, and he kind of gave me a ghastly smile. Um, but uh, it's true. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I saw something between those two paragraphs um, that I was you know, felt very troubled about, mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing to do with his life, but I saw something um, troubling about my own life mm -hmm. in between those mm -hmm. two, and so I went in a different direction. Um, you mean uh, after, after translating the book, or in the translation Well, I started itself? thinking in a, uh, a way that has led to the book that I have you know, just finished. Right. Yeah, yeah, to, you know, to, 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 to try to capture something. I see. That I, that I yeah. first glimpsed um, while, while um, yeah. translating him. I always loved Orhan's book, so I was always mm. in conversation with him even before mm. I started translating, but th that became much more intense. And of course, it is a one-way conversation, but writing a novel is a one-way you know, mm. you know, So I don't know if uh, my thoughts would be particularly interested. I mean, this, it's this one, Mem Istanbul Memories in the City, is, is a sort of, it's a, uh, it's a history of melancholy, isn't it, in many ways? Yeah, and I, I think what I... Um, uh, what I felt when I was translating that, I felt very grateful to, to Orhan, because I was, you know, and I really liked being the, the first reader in English, if you know what I mean, even though I was reading it in Turkish, I felt like I was the privileged, mm. the, the, you know, the person uh, who was reading it first in English, because I was reading my own translation in English as well. Um, because he explained to me something that I had seen uh, in so many different uh, ways, but never quite understood. Mm. And he, um, it was almost as if he was saying in the book, you know, come into 
you know, our world coming to our house. Um, let me tell you how I understand this. And uh, in my real life, nobody's done that. <laughs> nobody's invited me into those spaces to explain these things. And it all, you know, it's one of those times where you, you, you have a narrative that actually uh, helps you add things up in a way that, that mm. uh, you've never been able to before. So I, I thought mm. it was a very generous mm. um, book. And it's true, there, it's not true anymore, but the Istanbul of um, the 1960s and the 1970s was um, just suffused in an, un, an unspoken grieving. Mm -hmm. uh, but very dignified uh, stance, and you could see it, um, see it everywhere. And I never understood it until mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I don't know what you call um, you know, translating, you know, reading a book as you translate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, but but I uh, I did. The mm -hmm. other, I think it is because there are, there are several books that fit together. There's the Black mm -hmm. Book. Um, there's Istanbul, the memoir, you know, memories. Mm -hmm. It's a different uh, memories of the city. It's a different mm -hmm. title in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Museum of Innocence. Yes. And they're all about uh, 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 that particular time. And the Black Book was the one that was um, written first. So mm -hmm. one of the other shocks I had because I was translating the Black Book uh, very, very soon after I was translating Snow and, and Istanbul. And I still had not had time to go back to my own novel inspired mm. by the trunk murder, and it's there. The trunk murder was there. That was another hour. Trunk yeah. murder, uh, because it was, it, it was one of those um, things. It was, I think, the first time something very, very weird and bad mm. and political and unexplained happened um, in our privileged uh, mm. world, and so it's mm. there. And uh, in that book, he has a very, very different take on it than I do, but hmm. thank God. But, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I'm sure we could go on for hours. I just wanted to say thank you so much for letting us into your world today. It's been really tremendous meeting and talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.